Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. My name's Aaron. The movie this week is The Machine That Kills Bad People from 1952, directed by Roberto Rossellini and starring Gennaro Pisano, Marilyn Buford, William Tubbs. There's a couple of different Tubbs in here, and then I think about it. Helen Tubbs, those are the Americans. Giovanni Amato. I just want to. Should I just read all the Italian names? There's a lot of them. You know what? That's, a, that, that's enough. And, uh, yeah, this uh, movie is selected by the randomizer. It's about a man in in Italy. No, it's not really about that. It's like an, it, these Italian movies from this time period, I love them. I'm sorry. You guys, are you guys okay? Uh, this this was an interesting movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm still trying to decide. I mean, it was, it was interesting. I don't, there were some comedic elements that I think were supposed to be funny that didn't really land with me, but I def- it was entertaining. It was absolutely entertaining. There was some stuff that was pretty interesting that was going on. Definitely some of the, the characters in this movie were pretty pretty amazing, too. And you I, most like the three the three gentlemen who needed their pictures taken? Those, those were some... The photographer alone, let alone, was was pretty interesting fellow to, to look at. It's fun. It's fun. This is a fun movie. Yeah. I kind of liked and didn't like it. This kind of movie is difficult for me to pay attention to. There was so much going on and there was so much talking, but there wasn't really much happening. And it was kind of, I think especially when I'm reading subtitled movies, I'm trying to like, in a reading comprehension way, make sense of everything that's happening on screen. Mm-hmm. And some of it's like a cultural difference or a time difference because of when it was made. But this movie, I was like following along with every word to a certain point, And I was like, is this supposed to be a comedy? <laughs> and Joel was like, yes, of course it's supposed to be a comedy because it says that in the beginning. But I mean... There are movies where they probably say things at the beginning that doesn't really mean that's what it is. Um, like Star Wars. Joel, that's a movie that has wars in the stars. Oh, that's It true. says right in the title. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very silly movie from, from the beginning. when the, uh, I mean, the, the way that the movie opens up is, like, incredibly charming where the who knows whose hand that is the hand of God or something like that is lying down pieces of the city is like, Oh, here's the iron, you know, here's the rock. And then mm-hmm. here's the city that's on the rock. Here's the houses. And here's the houses where the rich people live. Right. And then the people, and then it's like storybook setting. And I love that. I know exactly what you're talking about with the trying to keep up with the subtitles thing in Italian movies. 
like after World War II, I don't know about pre-World War II, that it's just like they they have such a fast way of talking. You can't you cannot keep up unless that's the only thing you're focusing on. So better hope not something crazy is not happening on the screen because it's just like da 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 da, and then somebody else da 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 da, you know, like who's somebody who's not even on the screen. They're talking to the people. I felt that there was like a five minute gap between my understanding and the movie. Yeah, to catch up in your brain. Absolutely. You put it all together. You need a minute to put it all together. And like perspective of what's happening now. Like, oh, someone dropped dead. Wait, five minutes later, they're putting him in a funny coffin because they can't change the shape of his body. Wait a minute. That was supposed to be funny when he dropped dead five minutes ago. (laughs) Yep. Like that. I don't know. It is partially like figuring out what's going on. I mean... People say life's a comedy. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, sometimes it's a tragic comedy. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can't all count on an old man fixing all our problems. Santa Claus? Maybe Santa Claus. I don't know. He had a pretty sick double beard going on, Joel. Double beard? Yeah, like, it was split down the middle. Old man split foot? Yeah, he had a split beard. Mm. That was the style at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, you thought you didn't you didn't think you were gonna see that old man again after he got run over by that car, I assume. Well, I was trying to decide whether or not he was a real person, Joel. Oh, you mean like he was a glitch in the Matrix or something? No. He, I thought he might have been the Saint Andrew. Oh because Saint Andrew was what people spirit were excited about. They were talking about ghosts, too. That's right. In the car. Right. So, so, yeah, they see this castle, and we find out that the dead are being thrown in this castle. So immediately, when you when 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 you get a picture of the castle, and then out of nowhere, the the film kind of opens up for a little bit of a creak. Like it's a weird editing kind of choice on their part, and you see this old man materialize visually in front of the castle. You're like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was when you see that image, you're like, he must be a ghost. Yeah. yeah, he kind of like enters our reality through the movie right. in a very interesting pulls way. Pulls the curtain back oh, on, yeah. Like, um, yeah. on like a landscape. Yeah, Twin Peaks opening the st- the dimension between the doors. Yeah, or, or the door between the dimension. Anyways, yeah. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I took cool. I took that to be a very literal like he either materialized in our plane or, or some type of aberration forming. That's funny, and like be, that American family, they they keep talking about how like they're cursed because they go to everybody's house they're going to ends up dead. It's like, well, maybe that was it. Maybe when they did not hit the old man, but it looked like they did. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were cursed. Part that's all part of the whole ploy of the thing. Yeah. It's supposed to be about a machine that kills bad people, and a car can kill bad people, Joel. Right? What if it was a car instead of a camera? I think it would have gone a little something like this. No, I don't have anything. It would have been like that Stephen King movie. With uh, the car. I feel like you can barely call a camera a machine. I mean, it is a machine. It's got, you know, you pull a thing and then the thing happens on the thing. Right? He was like clicking a button to, to close the aperture. Yeah. Right. You click a button to close an aperture. Right. That's, that part by itself, at least, is a machine. That's its primary function, but most of those are set on a spring. 
Right. So that spring's part of them. They reset. I know. What I'm saying is the word machine in our modern world can mean a lot of different things. All right. And I was surprised that the machine they were referring to was the 5x7 tented camera from back in the day. A pre-war. Maybe the hot thing was photography right there. And they were like, oh, it's capturing people's souls. Let's use that. Make a movie, make a comedy about it. It's probably based on some short story or something like that. I, I don't, I don't know much about the uh, origins of the story there. It's it, probably it, more like an eight by ten camera. Sorry. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, I'm sure the negative. Size. Oh, the original. Oh, okay, I'm sure since the beginning <laughs> of, of photography, uh, exist photography's existence, it's always been a uh, very ethical, questionable object to begin with, you know, capturing people doing bad things or, you know, it it reveals truth Mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways. So yeah, very metaphorically being a device that slays people in this movie is pretty interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Like, uh, that's, that's like a modern, I feel like it's a modern take of an idea that like somebody like, oh, if you paint a a picture of somebody, uh, you know, dying a horrible way, it'll come true or something like that. It's like, well, people wouldn't do a painting nowadays. They take a picture with a camera, right? Right. Well, the, the painting of Dor- Dorian Gray, right? Right. Mm-hmm. The whole idea. So should yeah. make this movie, but it should be all about selfies. The people who end up in the background of your selfie die. Final destination Has that selfie. Movie already been done. Ah, probably. <laughs> Sounds like it. I'm in pay attention. <laughs> Me neither. I don't think there is a movie just with the word selfie in it yet. Oh man, selfie, but it's a horror movie. Yep, hasn't hey, happened yet. No, I steal that idea. Well, it's out there. There you go, internet. You can have it for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. We have a coffee. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you want that money, put seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in a coffee. KO-FI.com slash PDSMIOS. Do it today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this, see, like, you guys, you were wondering if it was a comedy, Sarah. There's that part where right after the first kill, the soldier guy who gets killed, or the uh, police officer guy who gets killed, uh, is stuck in the position of doing the, you know, the uh, Heil Hitler salute. Basically, because the way the machine works is that if uh, Giuseppe, no, that's not his name. <laughs> what is his name? His name is Calistino. Calistino takes a picture of a picture of a person. That person will end up in that position in the flesh, but will also be dead. So this guard is stuck in there. And then the next time we see the guard or the next time we hear anything about the guard, they've got him in a coffin. But they have to modify the coffin because nobody could get his arm down. That's Uh, what I was just talking about a second ago. uh, Honestly, I thought it was one of those things that people used to put in coffins that people they thought weren't dead. So that when he was was buried, you could hear him, like, say, I'm alive! (laughs) I'm okay down here! That picture didn't work! (laughs) Send sandwiches through the through the slot. It's actually quite comfortable. <laughs> that was the moment when you're like, "Wait a minute, 
The first moment that I was like, wait a minute, is this a comedy? Was when those boys were trying to sneak in to see that girl. Oh, that American girl. Uh-huh. The American girl. <laughs> they, they, they go into the photographers. You have to, they need you down at the dock. It's an emergency. Like, oh, okay, I run down there. Like, okay, I, I'm here. What's wrong, guys? Like, see the girl? She's down on the beach. Go catch a camera. You want a picture? No, no, you perverts. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone's mad at him. That was another goober. It followed him back into the thing, see? Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I do like them goobers in this movie. Yep. Yeah, there were a bunch of weirdos just kind of... <laughs> I don't know what to say. They were kind of, like, um, jeering all the time. <laughs> what do you... What do you like, define jeering. I gotta hear it. They're kind of, like, um, giving him a hard time or... Or giving the ladies a hard time, or give, or talking about the money, the lady that has their money, and it's like everybody's complaining and kind of like, you know, making uh, a lot of noise about it. I got you. Got to love that lady, Donna Donna Amicia or whatever her name is, with her like he owes me money. That person owes me money. If they ever get any money, <laughs> they're all dead. This movie definitely focuses on the, the division of the haves and the have-nots. Oh, yeah. That's actually something that, I, that is kind of very interesting about this movie is the just the entire social, economic spectrum of the town and kind of how, how you can see all the different variations of that, where people are at their, their in their station, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's got it's got a message about economic policy and and uh, the you know the difference between the classes and distribution of money, and it also kind of settles on a message of like you can't really punish people because just because you think they're guilty, it's it's always more complicated than that. Yeah, know, right, right, absolutely. Initially, I feel like the setup with the old man was he's a saint, or at least that's what this guy assumes. Me too. Um, that he's a saint. And we did. We were watching it. We assumed that. And the setup is, okay, it's your job to find the bad people and take a picture of them so that you can make this place better by getting rid of them. And... He kind of, without really any pause, just starts doing that straight away. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, there's a couple guys I already hate. Like, let's do them first. <laughs> like, without really finding out if they were good or bad people. And then then he started hearing hearsay from other people. Oh, that person, they're going to do this. Oh, better take a picture of them. Like, without even really checking it out. I mean, he, he does have... Like the the first guy who gets killed, the, like he gets egged on by the the guy with the the double bearded man, and it's like uh, I'm not exactly sure that guy deserved to die for you know just being a, a nuisance to everybody in the town for stealing his wife or his girlfriend or whatever, and then he kills that poor innocent donkey you know because he has to test the he doesn't know if it was real or not it might have been a dream. And the next person he kills after that is one of the two guys is trying to steal. Uh, no, first he accidentally <laughs> maims Donna Donna Amici or whatever her name is, <laughs> which is if which is funny, right? 
He yeah. used a piece of paper with holes in it. Right, because she take a picture. He's trying to tell everybody in the town that he can do this, and he doesn't know what to do about the situation. And and the Donna's like, everybody owes me money, so you better build a memorial to my dead husband. That's the only way you're going to be able to pay me back. And yeah, he put a piece of paper, and he smacks himself in the head. Oh, yeah. It kind of reminded me of a Woody Allen movie, which I know is heavily influenced by, like, Fellini. Yeah. I don't really know Fellini movies, but I know this guy was probably kind of Fellini influenced, too. I don't know for sure, but sure. they're Italian films. Well, uh, Robert Rossellini is, is a, a pretty famous director on his own. That they, were all, they were all doing that kind of stuff like that. You know, he did Paisan... Europe 51, Germany year zero. He was doing, you know, uh, Italian neorealism stuff. Mm -hmm. So he had uh, a bunch of stuff under his belt. Like like I said, I think they were all influenced each other. I'm sure Woody Allen saw a bunch of his movies too. Oh, yeah. So I don't know who influenced who. But if it reminds me of a Woody Allen movie, and I know Woody Allen, you know, learned from Fellini and other stuff, maybe this guy directly influenced... Woody Allen, and that's what it's reminding me of. Hmm. Aaron, what do you think about this movie? Wait, wait, no. Tell me the plot. No. Wait, wait. Alright. Synopsis okay. of the plot. Alright. Americans drive into town. They hit an old man, but they don't hit the old man. <laughs> Enter a photographer who is trying to enjoy a parade about the Saint Andrew. But the policeman says he doesn't like him because of an old love spat. So he gets frustrated and goes home, finds that old man there. That old man looks at him and says, hey, guess what? You can kill people with your camera now. And then he goes, what? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Why? why? <laughs> it, takes while, it takes him quite a while to catch on to the, to the situation that's going on. So he kills that policeman with his camera. And then he's like, wait a minute. It probably wasn't me. It was just some weirdo thing. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I might as well experiment. <laughs> might as well kill that donkey. donkey. Poor donkey never had a chance. It's not, no. yeah. And, the, the, like, the problem with that is not only is he just killing this innocent animal, but that donkey belonged to a man who used it to haul goods. So, so he guy, ruined this his guy's life. Money. Exactly, yeah. He ruined like, his I can't life, afford Joel. to get another donkey. So then, after the donkey incident. <laughs> what, what? The donkey incident of 1952. Oh, no. Um... <laughs> Um, That's when some miracles start to happen. Yeah. 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 The death of the donkey and the death of the policeman usher in a, in a renaissance in town as uh, as the Italian government uh, decides to give a big old fat $11 million check to the, to the mayor. Mm -hmm. and, and he says, hey, guess what? You can decide how you want to distribute this amongst the town. Everybody's got an idea. Everybody like the, the the bishop wants to uh, wants oh, to church? improve the church, right? He wants to tear Byzantinian uh, uh, church, Joel. Right, this is really these. I'm tired of looking at these same mm -hmm. columns. I want these kind of columns. Mm -hmm. Then you got the one guy who was like, "We need to dam the water to protect the fishermen." And of course, somebody's like, "Well, you only think that because you own all the fishing boats." Oh. 
Yes, right. everyone when their special interests want are especially interested in mm-hmm. that eleven million dollars. Especially interested in making their business better than it already is. It seems like. And uh, these Americans are also there for business. They want to buy the cemetery plot land and put a nice hotel down. Because <laughs> why? Why? What? You know, there's only one cere- uh, ce- uh, cemetery for this island. But you know what? Who wants to be reminded of their dead relatives? A nice hotel with a theater, a dance hall. It just sounds like the setup of a spooky movie. Like, like these Americans just haven't haven't seen like uh, Poltergeist, Poltergeist, for example, or you know any other movie where a house is built on an ancient uh, ancient uh, burial ground. Right. Yeah. So I guess um, the thing that the the title almost implies it's not going to kill anybody else but the bad people too, and I think that he's given this guy the impression. That whoever he chooses that's bad is bad. Yeah. And that he doesn't have to worry about the consequences for choosing yeah. them. And I mean, I've seen stories. That's Maybe that's what it's reminding me of, of Woody Allen, is that he always says that there was... He's said in various films that the same storyline can be a drama or a comedy. The same circumstances can turn into something funny or something awful. Interesting. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess up to this point I was thinking you know, this could all just be it might not matter that everybody's dying. That's kind of the impression I got. It was lighthearted. Right, and then like, he is picking people that people don't seem to like when he's when he's doing this for the most part. Mm-hmm. I have to agree with you that it almost seems like popular opinion mm-hmm. as to whom he should kill uh well, we know who the greedy people are. I mean, if you had a machine that could kill bad people, wouldn't you aim for those people you think that are holding you down? Are you saying if I had the death note? If you had the death note, wouldn't you write a certain person's name in it? I will not speak any names into this recording device. I just get. Yeah, I don't. Wish, I don't wish uh, death upon anyone necessarily. Yeah, you know, so sometimes I just want people's legs to stop working or something like that. Not not death though. Mm. I try really hard not to hate anyone. I see. Same. And I think even if somebody really upsets me, that there's more to it than just what I feel about it. A lot of people do things I don't like, but I they can't choose what I do, so I can't choose what they do. Unfortunately, you're only you're only really in command of your own faculties. Mm. I feel like Celestino feels a weight about what he's doing in the beginning. It isn't at the end when he when he's like suddenly like kind of control crazy and he thinks I could do this to anyone. Somebody finally tries to stop him and he he's gone too far. But like he thinks it like actually evil people and it, and it does it seems like that because the circumstances when he kills two of the other rich businessmen is that Donna uh, Amici, I want to keep calling her that, I'm not sure if that was the character's name, is on supposedly on her deathbed. It's because Celestino took her picture on accident. Through a paper that was mostly covering her, but had a couple small holes. Okay. So she's just sick. She's not actually dead. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, she's dead. 
And that that very night when the, when this happened, two people broke into her house to threaten her life, anyways, <laughs> telling her if you don't get up my my uh, my debt note, I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt you, uh, Donna. Donna, are you? You know, it's it's too late. So when she's on her deathbed, those two those two same goofuses who broke into the house break into her cabinet where she keeps all her important documents and open up her will before she's dead just to just to see if they're going to inherit money. You know, yeah, you know, I just want to see. Yeah, we just want to see if the money is going to for me. And it turns out this selfish selfish piece of crap is leaving. All of her fortune to the three poorest people in the city. And so they take the will. He kind of partially crumples it up, puts it in his pocket, and walks out. I'd say that's pretty evil. That is pretty evil. What is? Everything I just described. No. That she's going to leave her money to the poor? Yes, that's the, No, 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 no. The, the, the man's actions of that he wants taking to the will. It. Yeah. Yes. Instead of, instead of allowing the wealth to go to someone who who might benefit from it, who would prefer to try to benefit from it himself or, or cause chaos. Like, if I can't have it, then he can't have it either kind of a thing. Yeah. No, I, I agree. That is a... Selfish. A, a bad move. So he tries, Celestino tries to tell the man, like, if you don't put that will back exactly where you did, I, it's out of my hands. I'm going to have to take care of you. And, of course, nobody knows what the hell he's talking about. He's just silly Celestino. So, yeah, he, he takes that guy out, takes his photo. Yeah, whether or not you agree with what she was going to do in her will, it's really wrong to try and destroy someone's will. Just, like, if that was their last wishes. Like, that's messed up. We just watched Howard's End, and I was like, yeah, like, they just decide to burn this piece of paper that says she inherits the house, because they don't, they're like, why would they ever leave that house to her? And it's just, yeah, it's this ridiculous. This is where we live. It's ridiculous that mm. somebody would think they could do that. And that I I would not be able to sleep. I would not be able to go to sleep if I did something <laughs> like that. But that's just me. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> Once that money gets into you, you can't help it. It changes who you are. You get that dollar, that sweet dollar dollar bill. You know, the, the whole uh, machine-killing-bad-people thing, that's an interesting story, sure, sure. But I think more interesting is we've got a, a romance, we've got two two lovers from two different households who want to be together, they 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 aren't, you know, it's, it's, it's this original tale of, of young love denied because of, of family, uh, a family feud, and... Uh, Richard Dawson kissing all the women in town or something like that. I'm not sure. Right? And besides that story, we've also got the story of uh, the Americans who keep trying to find a place just to, just to live, you know, just for a day, just for a week or however long they're there. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of reminded me of melodrama. The, <laughs> you know, the over-the-top lovers that are named Romeo... Romero mm-hmm. and Juliet. Julieta. And uh, the, <laughs> the Americans that had to keep getting their luggage and moving from place to place. I could see that like on stage. Like somebody walking back and forth with their suitcases or whatever. Yep. Just as being part of the over-the-top situation. And it, it is a little bit... There, there was this other thing 
that I think comes into it more at the end that I felt I felt like they were like puppets on a string. And I think that's when the hand comes down in the beginning. It's kind of saying that like either fate or God or whatever puts these things in your life and or it's a game or whatever you want to say it is. But it felt sort of like when he gets the camera. I don't know. It reminded me of like old Greek mythology and stuff. Like the gods give you something and they're they have like you know they go through moods where they get upset with you and stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And then I remembered um like Narcissus and uh the the mirror that the water Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if he's going to take a picture of himself at the end. Spoiler. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert to this very old movie. He contemplates taking a picture of himself at the end. He's ready to do it. He's ready yeah. to burn the whole town down. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care anymore at the end. You know, he's gone too far, finally. There's a there's a lot of scene, or There's at least two different scenes where people use large uh, hooped metal things that look like I don't know if they're keys, but they look like the heaviest key I've ever seen to uh, assault people with their, in the head. I think they're those things that people used to use back in the day. They were like a little leather pouch with something heavy in them that you could like whack people with. Oh. Like That's kind of a circular thing. Have. I don't know. Like a billy club kind of thing? Or like a-, a, a cop using a heavy thing inside a bag to whack people with? I think I saw more organized crime guys doing it, honestly. Oh, you like it like a blackjack, you mean? Like, bam. Yeah. Like, bam. Like, bam. Like, bam. Knock your lights out, Joel. Mm. Aaron, what'd you think about this scheme uh, to check out that American girl? Well, I gotta say, um, their plan, though flawed, uh, definitely uh, got results. I mean, yes, they got some results. You cannot <laughs> dispute that. <laughs> they got some results. They got some results. No, it doesn't. I, don't <laughs> I mean, there, there's like six guys. Uh, and, it was three. No, was three. there was there were uh, well, three made it over the fence, but originally yeah. there were six oh, guys. Oh, there were six guys. Because three of them had instruments, and they're like, keep playing the instrument. Like, I don't know if they were like trying to cover mm. up the sound of them shuffling around got or it. something like got that. It. I was like, "What? Why are these Got guys?" This, is, like, the this is quite the operation, Joel. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's so quite the they hop over the stone wall. Like, oh, is that her window? No, that's her window. Window, you idiot! Right? I thought it was going to be Juliet's window. Oh no, they don't care about that. They want the fresh fish. No, yeah. I thought it was going to be Romeo. Romeo oh Romeo yeah, exactly. Juliet's yep. Yep. Continue that story. No, no, we. No, it's just some dudes that are trying to see her in her underwear or whatever, and. And then they sit, they're in the shadows, hiding, looking at her. And then one of them calls out, like, does like a, a whistle. whistle or something. Yeah. It's like, you just blew your cover, guys, if you're trying to hide. And eh, she doesn't notice. She's, she's on a different you, planet. You can't sneak and cat call at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I mean, I'm going to put that out there, universe. Yeah. Worst ninja ever. <laughs> Being Tom, who makes a lot of noise. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that was that was supposed to be the comedy of the situation, yeah. more right. than likely. 
that uh, Amacord, which is a Fellini movie you're watching, where <laughs> the famous prostitute of the town is just walking through, <laughs> managers catcalling left and right. Like, mm-hmm. What were they saying? There was something so Ridiculous funny, things. so funny. But oh man. Anyways, I can't. I can't remember. But it's. Like, the Italian movies I've seen, men are always like, oh, there's a lady. Oh, we got to talk. We got to, hey, guys, let's go follow her around. There's nothing creepy about this. Oh, Bella, Bella. You know, I know. Anything like that. Yeah. Milena is the worst because it gets really serious. But, yeah, there's that in that movie, too. God created woman. That's going on there, too. Yeah. Yeah, so she she gets uh she t- she takes off the thing and we see, you know, oh, she's in her underwear. And then she goes off screen, comes back. She's in her nightgown. Ooh, going to bed, huh? Well, I don't think we've seen enough of her yet. So what are you going to do, Aaron? Well, that's why you always carry a small trap with the, the world's tiniest mouse in that trap. Adorable. It was super cute, little mouse. Because you know what? That girl in her nightie up in that, up in that, uh, at their room is probably afraid of that tiny mouse. Well, it's traditionally known that women hate mice. Oh. Mm-hmm. And they will jump on their bed. And the, the good thing about this ploy is they get a two-for-one. Not only is the, the young American girl in, the older American woman comes in. She gets on that bed, too. Woo-hoo! Uh, what did that guy say to this girl? He was like, you're a diamond mine. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that would be the cat-calling incident earlier in the film. Yeah. When she was uh, smiling, walking in her towel. Yeah. I think, to the beach. That's another... <laughs> That's another <laughs> another Italian trope in these movies where the, all the men are like, oh, yeah, oh, look at that lovely thing that's going by. And then you see the other side with the women be like, look at that tramp. She's just walking around in a bathing suit. My God. Yeah. Get out of here, you slut. <laughs> it almost seems like they don't mean it when they say it. So it's kind of annoying that it's harassing to the girls, but they also don't even really mean it because they say it to everybody who yes. walks by. Yeah, that's yeah. Exactly it. It's like, what the hell are you even doing? This is, is a waste of time. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it just has to be done. So, yes, our, our uh, young photographer friend, he's not that young. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> our, our photographer friend has, has killed one businessman and our uh, the second businessman goes, finds his dead body and he reaches into the body's jacket and takes the takes the donor's will again. My goodness! Like you can't stop it, and the photographer is chasing him down. Like you, you like you, you can't take that. Like I'm going to give you until noon tomorrow if you don't return it. I'm not responsible. Once again, I'm not responsible for what happens. And he, yeah, of course, doesn't doesn't think anything of it. Doesn't return the will. Got He's an, going like that. Got another stiff on him. Making a signal with his hand. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of hand action going on here. Mm-hmm. I believe he was throwing like some sort of hex sign. Yeah. Oh, the, evil, the sign of the evil eye? Yeah. It was like, mm-hmm. like 10 Throwing them devil's horns oh, at our photographer. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but I was like, he's making a gesture of some kind. That's not no response. And b- both of these businessmen, by the way, have put up the Americans after they, they left the place. So, so the Americans have to move. Lots of complaining about steps. Not just the Americans. Even the people that live in this village hate these steps. 
So maybe that's where they need to spend the 11 million lira. You know, put in some escalators. No? You guys don't agree? Come on, escalators. Something. The the town seems like it's very difficult to get around. Mm. Oh, man. Maybe they just need to get more donkeys. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. See, everyone gets a donkey. It's like Oprah, you know? Everybody gets a donkey! Get a donkey! Mm -hmm. Go down the stairs. Yeah, donkeys are awesome, dude! I mean, camels can't go downstairs. They can go Yeah, but donkeys are cooler than camels. Oh, whoa, oh, whoa. I'm gonna throw that gauntlet right here. Whoa. What about a mule? Mules are pretty cool, too. Okay. So, okay, so... Two old people are dead. Yep. He, uh... Celestino takes it upon himself to take the will back to the Donna's house. The Donna, who, by the way, like we said, is not dead. In fact, she's, uh, she's coming back. Seems like she's getting better, right? They gave her some medicine, stuff like that. So he takes it back to her. And he's like, Don't worry, I got your will. You know, the three poorest people are going to get the money, and I'm going to put this back in there for you. And she snaps out of unconsciousness and goes, no, no, I changed my mind. I want to take it all with me. <laughs> like, I hate everyone. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets the money. She's surrounded by greedy people. It's a whole greedy town. It's corrupt. It's a corrupt town. Yeah. And yeah. the mayor tells him poor people won't know what to do with the money. He needs to give it to people who will know how to invest it. Like me, says the mayor. Oh, my gosh. The honest person. The most honest. The movies it kind of reminds me of are, uh, kind of reminded me of Donkey Skin in a way. Sure. Even though there's less, like, magical stuff. And obviously that one that we watched, the, um, what was that one called? Hmm. The Devil and Daniel Webster. Right, yeah, definitely. It's a lot like the Devil and Daniel Webster. Need more devil action, though. I mean, the so yeah, he he ends up uh, getting the mayor eventually because the mayor is evil, and then he, he takes three. Aaron's favorite scene: the three goofballs come in. I really uh-huh. like those guys. One of these goofballs is covered with money. He's like, "Where'd you get that money from?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just takes their pictures. Yeah, to pay off later. And when the will actually comes out. The, uh, I guess the, the poorest people in town get the money, and the mayor has sold off the land to the Americans, so that's already gone through. And they're like, oh, look, they, they're so happy. The three people got the money. Like, they didn't get the money. There are people poorer than them, and they stole the money from them. So he, he takes a picture of those guys now. And they're stuck in the air in Cornelius' photo position. <laughs> With the money on their faces. Mm-hmm. That was so silly. That was like three stoogy or something. Definitely people. Why did they want their photos taken? I don't know. Just uh, spur of the moment. It's a curiosity. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, we're wanted. Like, at that time, he takes a photo of one of the poor guys and his friend, the doctor, who's been in this movie. He's he's just kind of wandering around. He's kind of basically... He's the voice of wisdom, and he's amused by everything that's going on. But he realizes Celestino is doing this. What are you going to say? I was just going to add, the doctor kept talking about how much life he brought into the town. Uh, there were a couple different moments how he was discussing with uh, with our photographer, uh, 
character, how, how uh, though he seemed to be, because he was very almost straight up front with the, with the doctor about how, you know, the, the evil people were being killed or, and whatnot. So just found it interesting how, how the doctor was just like, well, every time an evil person dies, look, a baby is being born, you know, uh, mm-hmm. just kind of an interesting. Uh, well, he's got the, he's got that great line. That's like, Oh, I'm I'm glad to hear that you can tell the difference between the good people and the evil people because uh, the longer I live, the less I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that's kind of the whole moral thing, you know. But... Well, we do find out at the end that it isn't just you know saints that hand out these death machines. That why would uh, a saint hand out a death machine? Exactly. Should have known better. He was like. And that's what I mean by, like, having his strings pulled. Like, I felt that way the whole time, even though I didn't really understand what the, what the real, who, who was behind it. Who was really pulling the strings. And, of course, it turned out to be the devil. Yep. Full-on devil. They made that devil look pretty creepy. Yeah. He was already an old weirdo as a saint. (laughs) But then they gave him horns and, like, some animal skin. Yep, no and, shirt. Yeah, it was creepy. Looked like a pan or something like that. Yeah, but he, he looked like the kind of... I didn't want that devil in the house. Oh, okay. No. I would kick him out. <laughs> <laughs> no devils in the house, please. <laughs> That's all. I, I'm just asking. Yeah, if you keep your devils... On your side of the apartment, I appreciate it. Do not cross this line. When his doctor friend realizes what he's doing, he, he runs in and confronts Celestino, and Celestino beats him over the head, and uh, I guess he's dead. He assumes he's dead. But Celestino doesn't... He can't take it anymore, so he decides he's going to take a picture of himself, exactly as Sarah said. Damn. But he decided first. He remembers. He has a photo. He has a photo of the old man. Of the Gooba Goob. The person he knew to be a saint so far. King Gooba. So he puts it up and he gets ready to take it. Boom! That's that's when the old man shows up and then reveals himself to be the devil. Mm-hmm. But the turns out the devil says people don't go to hell anymore. No, God's a really great. God's a great guy. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. And, uh, All you have to do re- is something nice. Yeah, you just try to redeem yourself by saying you're sorry, and you turn back to the Lord. And All right. And Celestino's like, "Well, can you can you bring back all the people I killed?" He's like, "Well, I'm a I'm a demon with a certain amount of power, so yeah, this is within my power. But they're going to be mad at me if I when I go back to hell." It's like, "Well, you don't have to go back to hell." Cool. And then he teaches him how to cross himself. Boof! Turns back into... Is he the same old man, or is he a slightly better old man? I don't know. That's to be determined. All we do know is that he, he is no longer a demon. Alright. Uh, I think he's mortal. And he's gonna go to heaven now. Thanks to the, thanks to the sign of the cross. Which only is 110,000 years old. Yeah, it was like a 111,000, yeah. 600 and something. He's an old person, and uh, as when when he uh, is no longer a demon, all those people who had died come back, including the donkey. You hear the donkey off screen, mm-hmm. <laughs> no. and that's that's a happy ending. 
That was a terrible doggy sound, but no, but Joel, that was perfect. I don't get paid the big bucks. What if someone paid you to make donkey noises? <laughs> Where I mean, can you come up with that? Like on the weekends, or <laughs> no, just like someone was like, "I'll PayPal you like two thousand dollars." Man, I'll make donkey noises all you like. <laughs> Joel's looking for work. Yep, I'm gonna type, I'm gonna type it in right now. <laughs> I saw my mom earlier today. She was like, get another job. I was like, okay. <laughs> As a donkey sound effect person. Yeah, gotcha. why not? <laughs> That's the end of the story. Uh, I, I think this is like a just, a just a fun little whatever of a movie. Like, there were there's some pretty scenes in this. Like I enjoyed the whole uh, Saint Andrew ceremony that was going on, marching through the town and stuff like that. And then there was a scene at night with all the boats with lanterns on them. Mm-hmm. So there there were a couple of pretty things. Uh, I think that if you can keep up with the subtitles, it is a funny movie, and just goofy things are happening. Yeah, I think it was a fun movie, but. There are things that are more relaxing for me to watch as well if I wanted to watch something funny. So I can't say it's at the top of my, like, chill-out, fun-time movies. <laughs> but it is a good movie. It's a good film to see. Mm. I think it is, um, I mean, what year was this made? 52. I, a lot of movies made in the 40s and 50s that were made by good filmmakers are worth seeing. And I think this is worth seeing. My my comprehension of, of the film was pretty low, unfortunately. I tried. <laughs> I tried my best. Uh, and like I said, uh, even with my... Even with me being maybe five to ten minutes behind <laughs> of what was going on in the movie, I had a great time with it. There were some funny scenes... Um, as Joel mentioned, there's a lot of there's a lot of fun characters, and as Sarah mentioned too, that it's a really interesting piece of the time. Uh, yeah, it's definitely something to watch. I had a, I had a fun time. I'd probably watch it again, uh, maybe maybe with a you know with a group of people or. Yeah, somebody said like, "Oh, have you heard this movie?" You could say it was a funny movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's amusing. Uh, you'll you'll feel much better after you take your laxative, Aaron. You'll be fine. Oh no, that's what that's what kill me. <laughs> I just no. happened to be awake anyway. Just happened. <laughs> oh, I took several laxatives. I'm great. <laughs> mm, wake up, that doctor. <laughs> Somebody's dead. I'll be sure to release a small mouse into your uh, your bed tonight, Joel. No, I don't. I, leave. I don't like that. I'll 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 hitch up my skirt and jump on the bed and cry. That was the cutest little mouse. It was super cute. I felt bad for that mouse. I was like, he doesn't want to be doing this right now. No. <laughs> it's a handsome mule, too. Looks yeah. like it got brushed real nice. Before they they replaced it with a fake one or a dead taxidermy. Fake dead mule. <laughs> oh, no, my mule. It shouldn't experiment on animals in general. People, stop it. Okay. <laughs> Short and sweet, this episode will be. That's just fine with me. Let's uh, do the outro stuff, and then I want a lesson that you guys learned from the machine that kills people. Or, better known by its Italian name. Aaron, you want to try this Italian name? Hit me, Joel. A machina. La machina. 
ama zaz That's the problem. The third word it's la machina amazakatavi. Katavi. Oh. Amazakatavi. Amazakatavi. Yeah, we're yeah. Manja, manja, gross. Yes, there we go. Eat, eat, and get fat. And get fat. By watching nine and a half weeks. Get that <laughs> ad off of my IMDB. Jeez. I heard that's your favorite movie, Joel. It's uh it's coming up. It's a sci-fi movie. Oh no. <laughs> Somebody was attracted to Mickey Rourke. Oh no. Oh. No. So, uh, hey, listeners, if you have any suggestions <laughs> or comments, write in to please don't podcast at gmail.com or message us on Facebook at facebook.com slash PDSMIOS. If you're an Apple user, iTunes user, Apple Podcast app user, please leave us a star or written rating. That just helps us out, and we'd really appreciate it if you have the time. And by time, I mean 30 seconds. Thank you in advance. Check out the other podcasts on our network, eartrumpetaudio.com. Some of the good stuff that's been happening pretty uh, recently. There's Hunting Houses, which is a podcast about the show House Hunters, which uh, that's that show. If you've seen that show, sometimes some ridiculous things are said, are brought up. Sometimes the realtor is clueless. Sometimes the people... Purchasing, looking for the apartment is clueless. And the setups, yeah, it, like, that stuff is, like, all pre-shot, basically, right? They've already picked out all the stuff and, like, oh, let's pretend that we haven't seen this apartment before. Ooh, where are the stools? It was the International House Hunters. House Hunters International. House Hunters International. He wondered where the stools were at every single apartment. <laughs> you can buy stools. No, it must come with stools. I don't <laughs> want a stoolless house. I assume that was the problem. Anyways, <laughs> all kinds of good stuff is available at eardrumpetaudio.com. All right. I would like a lesson, possibly in Italian. No, that's that's okay. I won't quiz you guys. <laughs> On this movie, all about... Trusting the devil. Like, follow the money. Uh, you know, nobody ever ate in this movie. That's a, that's unusual for an Italian movie. Oh, the whole time they were just arguing over uh, the prices of anchovies. Oh, yes, yes. No time to eat. You would purchase these anchovies? 300 lira. 300 lira. And for that amount of thing, it's, it's typically 200 lira. You're supposed to say those are special. These are special. These are anchovies. special anchovies. They put on pizza. Oh yeah, we forgot to mention. Even though the the two uh, people are dead, the father of Ro- Romero and Julieta, Romero and Julieta end up taking their place and arguing all over again. No longer in love. Instead, the head of the family. <sighs> Such a sad turn of events. You got a lesson? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, all right, Joel, Sarah. Uh, my lesson from this movie is is that uh, mm-hmm. you're in a foreign land and uh, you're getting bounced around like a like a pinball machine ball to different houses. You know, maybe you should just listen to your guest when they tell you where the bathroom is, and that way you don't have to hold it for several hours 
just just let loose on that terrace. <laughs> just go on the terrace. Just go to the balcony. Go for it. <laughs> I mean, next when to it, the bed. Next to the bed. My moral is when in Rome, do as do as the Romans. <laughs> I mean, did they have bedpans or something like that? I don't. I think you just told him to let loose. Something I don't know. I, I think you were just telling him to let loose. Just pee right next to the bed. Hang off the t- hang it off the terrace. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> pee down on those poor people. As long as you aim it away from me, I don't care. And that's what I learned from this movie. Mm. (laughs) A good lesson. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Sorry. What about all those laxatives? I don't think I like this country anymore. I don't... (laughs) Okay, never mind. (laughs) Um... My lesson is to uh, repent, ask God for forgiveness, uh, because that's not difficult to do. And in this movie, it seems to be the moral of the story. And cameras are cool. (laughs) Cameras are cool. Yeah, it was a cool camera. Set it up, put the thing in. Right, the film's film. What what is that? Holding the film. It's a cassette mm-hmm. that holds the film in place, and then it usually is double sided. Mm-hmm. You put one side in, and then you lift up a piece of board that's in front of the film and expose it briefly by hitting the shutter. Right, uh-huh. and the shutter opens based on how the aperture is, and then just briefly closes after it's been exposed, and then you put that back down on it. So as not to expose it to more light. Uh-huh, and then you usually flip. There's a little thing on top so you know which side you've already exposed mm. if you're going to use the other side. If it was a dual side. Mm-hmm. I see. It could have just been one. Right, they couldn't one afford two sides in, in Italy at the time. I mean, they used to do that with glass, too, but mm-hmm. this was a... We saw him hanging up the negatives. They were really large, like a piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. So he had to develop all the negatives that were very large. Yep. And then he had to do the prints, too. My lesson is that you should never go to Italy if you're a young lady because you're just going to be constantly harassed. Although that lady was just... She was just sunbathing out on the beach, not giving a damn. That's also a good way to be. You know what? If you're a young lady and you you got it, don't give a damn. No, I don't. There's there's no lesson from that, is there? Never mind. I got another lesson. Oh, what's a lesson? My other lesson is is uh, be sure to update your photography so that if there's ever an evil photographer who wants to kill you, you don't die in your baby picture pose. <laughs> That's a that's a great movie. Okay, so see, see, there was there's lots of funny things like that. <laughs> that was probably my favorite. That made me laugh yeah. the most in this movie. <laughs> I don't even got it. Oh man, that's so good. We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks. Bye.
EarTrumpetAudio.com. Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs>